Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. It's the footballiest time of the year. Quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the footballiest time of the year. Yes, hi, hello, happy holiday sports fans. Welcome to Minus 3. We have a lot of festive stuff ready to go here for you. We're presented as ever by Omaha here on this Thursday. And, of course, on Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Twitter, slash X. Find it on social media. It is the 15-minute NFL pregame show. Get you right for NFL Week 16. Loaded up with big, important games, rivalries, Super Bowl rematches. And we have the hash of the MVP chase to settle here. Let's get into that. Let's get into all of it right now, right on the cusp of this Christmas holiday. It's going to be... You know, Mary, but also a little nerve-wracking, I suspect. For one, Kevin Hench there. Eddie Spaghetti is safely on the other side of Football America, eh, behind the glass in Staten Island with the rest of the pasta clan. But me and Hench here on the left coast both have semifinal fantasy matchups coming up this weekend. Big stuff in our big league here. I got the bar owls, our two pals, uh, Craig and Brian. You got the sports guy, Hench. How do you forecast this upcoming game? Um, well, I sure would like to have Joe Burrow, Nick Chubb, and Jamar Chase starting for me this weekend, all of whom I drafted. Like, my team, it's insane that this is this is like that Oilers team that, that lost uh, Pastorini Campbell and Ken Burrow. Did I get those names right? Very nice. Very uh, nice. Gifford you know, Nielsen like, under uh, center. My, my, my starting QB, my my most expensive running back, and my star receiver all out. So so Sporty is a 20-point favorite. But doesn't so, this show what 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 pluck you have as a personnel man? Well, aren't I we are you to be patting yourself on the back right now for still I did so much getting... waiver wire work, obviously, that I've been down to zero dollars for a month. Uh, which which trying to replace Jamar Chase uh, has has left me uh, on the outside of the Noah Brown sweepstakes. But um, it, it is crazy that that Simmons has announced he's winning this thing. He's been saying it for six weeks and uh, that he's going to kick out Dave Damashek, a man of peace. Why do people I don't get it. I don't uh, get it. Well, although he <laughs> briefly was going to vote out Elliot if Elliot didn't pick up a running back versus Barbieri, then Barbieri was like, Simmons is out of line for telling other people to pick up a running back. It's amazing how, how deep into our fifties we can get and still have these, uh, these fantasy arguments going it's on. Really, it's really, really quite pathetic. It really is. I do want to say very quickly, um, Belated thanks to Kevin Hench. I went over to his home, his lovely wife and uh, two little girls through a holiday shindig. It was great to catch up with them and uh, the other people over there. Quite a manse. Hench has quite a crib going over there. And um, now he's coming to us there. Now I know I'm one of these weirdos. I have to I like to see what I think everybody I think the audience would love to see. Every, we're all used in this Zoom age. Um, in FaceTime age yeah. to the backgrounds of everybody. But what is the talker looking at when he's talking to us? So now I finally have that mystery solved for me. Um, well, what I guess was you- funny, uh, uh, you know, I think uh, Jamie Kingsbury, right, did the big flex on the Zoom, right? Jamie Kingsbury had like you. you I were thought lo- that was Jeremy Tubin. You were looking, you know, looking at his at his estate, and uh, and that didn't work out too well for him. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think um, we need to be flexing on the Zoom. I I uh, I like my modest little corner here with my water bottle, like you know, the rest of the world. Very nice. Listen, here's what you should do if you're within the sound of my voice, and you are. 
because you're hearing me say these words right now, go watch Santa Claus's hench pen that one with uh, Tim Allen and company. Great stuff. And, uh, and just right for this holiday season. You know, we had a little controversy, uh, <laughs> like this is insane. So, um, we had a, a guest actor came on and I, you know, I was standing there for the entire scene and, and she decided that, that, that Tim Allen wasn't, nice enough to her i guess but anyway, i saw this yeah so she went on a podcast and like talked about tim allen and then of course in our new world it's like if somebody says something on a podcast then it it runs like on deadline <laughs> like it's it's run as like news like this person said this thing on a podcast trying to be interesting but it, it runs like uh she held a press conference to talk about what a bad guy tim allen is and like i was standing there the whole time i'm like hey i don't know what are you talking about like you know by the way he's at work you know he's he's in a santa claus outfit uh hot as balls trying to get through the scene and this idea, you know, I think this is this is the how delicate we've become as as a society, right? It's just like everybody has to be super nice and warm, or they're a monster. These are the two categories, like right. So so if there wasn't there wasn't quite enough kumbaya, so then she uh, she had to blast uh, blast Santa Claus, blast Buzz Lightyear, and like you know, I would tell you guys if 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 he was really salty, but he wasn't, I was standing there anyway. How weird. It's so weird. I think people what's led us to this point. I don't know, but it really does feel like that the weapon that is available, or at least we all perceive ourselves to, to possess is the ability to hurt people's feelings. And so people go out of their way to try to do that. Look at social media, people nitpick, you know, 140 characters or whatever at a time, like one word, and they'll dive in because they think it's going to upset or hurt the feelings or impugn that person. It's it, it, it's weird. You know what? Let's talk about sports, although I don't know how sunny things are with, with George Pickens and uh, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers and everything else. But I am going to try to have a sunny disposition as we talk about pro football and beyond here. We can get into our goat and goats. We'll give you some best bets. Like I say, pro football, we have you covered all the way through for week 16 here. Let's talk about the MVP stuff. You know, I'll just go with my goat re real quick here for you. We, we cover the range of the best and worst in sports every week by discussing the goat and the goat. And here's a quick one for you. I don't think Brock Purdy should be the MVP because um, of the word value right there in the title. I think Brock Purdy is good. I think his specific skill set is the perfect fit for what Kyle Shanahan's offense is, is supposed to do what it wants to do. I still think there are other cats out there that could probably approximate that level of success. Kyle Shanahan, in a league where it was announced three or five years ago, don't use any first-round picks on running backs, don't spend big money, don't trade away assets. The guy who is known for making any running back with a pulse look good went out of his way a couple of years ago to trade for Christian McCaffrey. That's good evidence that the smartest guy when it comes to making a running back go and making him look good felt it's worth it to go out of our way to get this guy out of Carolina is great evidence of the value of CMC. To me, I will keep saying that he's the straw that stirs the drink. Whoever wins that Ravens-Niners game, I think the victor is also going to get MVP, whether it's Lamar Jackson or from the Niners winning side. The only hash left to be settled is it CMC or Purdy. It sure feels like it's going to be Purdy. But either way, I like Brock Purdy as my GOAT this week because he provided a great life lesson, not in terms of football, but going forward. We, we just talked about it. You heard that actor you just said, said something mean about Tim Allen. Unnecessary, contentious. Look at what Brock Purdy did. They asked him, hey, are you the MVP? Said the, said the gathered reporters. No, no, I think it's Christian McCaffrey. Now it doesn't make a difference if Brock Purdy actually believes that. It's not going to sway anything. It only makes him look like a great fella. And that's what you want in life. 
Hey, people look you. Oh, well, you have an ulterior motive. Yeah. As they say, there is no pure charity in this world. You get something out of everything you do. Um, so I say, let's celebrate the savvy. Like a 10-year vet, Brock Purdy, knows better than to say like, yeah, good luck doing this without me in there. No, no, it's like, nah, it's everybody else. I'm just a, I'm just a lucky schnook enjoying the ride. That's the way to play it, everybody. Good stuff, right, Hench? Well, absolutely. Um, and, and, and you know, saying... I think McCaffrey is the MVP garnered Purdy some MVP votes. That's, like, right. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's like, he's, he knows what he's doing. Um, I think th there is a system and, and Purdy is benefiting from the system. And obviously um, Montana rice, you benefit from the other guy. You can't separate, you know, you're, you're playing it on a team. So Purdy benefits from McCaffrey, obviously running wheel routes, blocking, you know, running the ball. But when you look at Purdy's yards per attempt numbers, I mean, I'm a McCaffrey guy. I would vote for McCaffrey. But the company Purdy is in with the, the crazy 9.9 .9 yards per attempt or whatever he's at is so insane in Hall of Fame that we weren't saying, is Jimmy Garoppolo the MVP of the league when he was playing in the same system for Shannon? Yeah, that's a so, great, that's a, that's so a great I'm, point. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to bellyache whichever one of those Niners wins it. I do wish that non quarterbacks had a fairer shake in the voting. So, so I, I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in the, in the Allen page uh, MVP, <laughs> you know, like that, that there can be guys that don't play quarterback that can be the MVP, but, uh, Brock Purdy having a, a historically great season. Uh, and as to your point, giving a historically great answer to, to a question, just immediately that's leadership, turning the, the to turning it to your teammate. That's that's uh savvy leadership. It's weird. And I talked about it last week and I revisit it now. It's it's weird that like mid-December. And now the MVP discussion and who's going to be the number one seed and who's really got a shot at getting to the Super Bowl and winning it. All that stuff leads us to glossing over these last couple of weeks. And as I keep saying, there's so much hash still to be settled. I, in my brain, decided it's a three horse race for the MVP. But I suppose if Josh Allen wins these last three and the other three aren't at as high a level as they've been at it, you can make a case that Josh Allen just about single-handedly rallied this entire team that had such high hopes down the stretch. I think you could make a case for him. Um, but you also get dinged by your own success. And the Chiefs are in this mix. We're, we're consumed, uh, like me, with these Dolphins. Um, my brain, by the way, as you can tell, as usual, is all over the place as I'm trying to think of these heavyweights. There are only a small handful of them. But who's going to rise in these last couple of weeks? The Dolphins, if they beat the Cowboys, we're going to feel very differently about them come, sun, come Sunday night than we do right now. But the same is true about the Cowboys if they go on the road and handle a really good Dolphins team. And then right in the mix of all this. So then now you have the Bills chasing things. and Oh, they're the, they're the mythical. Hey, team, if they get in, nobody was going to want to play them. And the Ravens are riding high, but they might lose at the Niners. And I, I can't get over this feeling. As many times as I've attempted to close the book on the Chiefs being the team to beat in the AFC, I kind of think that that's the way things are going to land. You know, when you look at the Dolphins remain my pick. I think they're going to beat the Cowboys. I think they're going to be a scary proposition for anyone, including the Chiefs. Imagine that matchup in January, by the way, Tyree Kill against the Chiefs. Juicy stuff alone if that happens. But I do kind of think that... We decided once again, well, this is it. Look, the guys can't catch for Mahomes, and I have announced I think Tyree Kill has passed his best days, and that's significantly impacting that Chiefs offense. But when it's all said and done, ain't the Chiefs going to be right there? I mean, I, I, are, are we really mid-December, late December now? Are you really willing to put something on an AFC team not named the KC Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl, Hench? Sure. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take the Ravens. You um, will. Okay. I, I think the, uh, the, it'll be interesting to see if the, the chiefs can go on the road and not get every call and every break. I mean, that's the, that's the story of this mini dynasty of the chiefs getting, you know, since, since D Ford gave them the bad break, there's been a whole lot of, uh, 
uh, penalties on the Bengals and um, Rashard Higgins uh, diving for the pylon with the Browns, which which actually would be a good segue into my my good goat for the week. Well, I just want to say, though, about that. Yes, of course. But they're the common thread in those playoff games. So if you play in enough of them, you as a Patriots fan, me as a Steelers fan, we both know like the other side of that people will always be cynical and be like, yeah, but if that call or Welker makes that catch or if I, and, and so on and so forth, people will do that endlessly. But if you're always in the playoffs and playing two or three games at a time, every postseason, you're going to, there's going to be the perception you're benefiting from calls more than the other teams. Cause you're well, playing. But, more I playoff just games. Think, but to the home road of it all, there's just something um, about going into Heinz Field against a 15 and 1 Steelers team and and whipping them uh, on their own on their own field like that so if a Mahomes does that kudos but like he hasn't had to go into Buffalo for a playoff game you know isn't he, that invigorating doesn't that sound on a human level like that's something that come January will will sound like a great challenge to put oh a chip God, on the shoulder yeah. of 15 and all that no one yeah. thinks we could do it that, I mean, I'm excited for him to go into Buffalo or Baltimore or Miami and, and have to do it on the road. Um, but but my good go. Let's cancel, by the way. Get into it. Me as a as someone who believes in merit, as you know, I think let's just do away with the wild card round this year. We don't need it. These teams are going to disrupt something. The Rams, I said a month ago, are going to the playoffs, get something on them. But they're going to get in. And like Will Brinson said on the Monday minus three this week, that's the team that could beat the Niners. If anybody in the NFC is going to knock them off in January, it will be those L.A. Rams, which is bold and also perhaps true. But we don't want that this time. Don't we want we we just want to see the Lions and Niners and Cowboys and Eagles on one side and on the other side give me the Ravens the Chiefs we want to see the Bills okay we can throw them in there too and the Dolphins and then the rest of it forget it we don't need any of these other teams and all they're going to do is make trouble and diminish the next round right we don't need upsets this year I feel like you're you know we're, we're recording this on Thursday morning and you're and the the Rams are playing on Thursday and you're you're jinxing them by putting them in the playoffs I feel it guaranteed to lose at home to the Saints now Sorry, Rams. That was Sheck, by the way. Sorry about that. Go ahead, there, Hench. Uh, Give us right. your go. So, goat. so uh, we're in. We're we're talking good goats. We're we're in the QB world. Um, Spaghetti sent a text during the games last weekend. It's like we just have not talked enough about Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. Like it's just crazy that the Bucks were were tanking. It seemed uh, they needed somebody to play quarterback and. Their, their over-under win-loss win total was six and a half. They've already blown past that. They're, they're on, the, on the verge of a, of a playoff spot. And Baker Mayfield is having a great season. 24 touchdowns, eight interceptions. That three-to-one ratio, much better than Patrick Mahomes, much better than Josh Allen, much better than Tua. And, and I, was, I was laughing because I've kind of like – you just go, oh, well, Baker Mayfield Bucks. I don't have to pay attention to that. Like that's not a relevant thing. And the last two weeks, he's got six TDs, zero interceptions, two road wins to put them right in the thick of it. And looking at the quarterback ratings, so he's top ten. Now, when you when you think about Baker Mayfield, you're like number one overall draft pick, mistake by the Browns. Well. It looks like a lot less of a mistake now that he's not with the Browns. Maybe the Browns were the mistake part of it. And I think that's, if you look at the that's look it. At the, that's the, the answer. You look at the Browns' five losses this year. I mean, the quarterback play has been so wretched. Deshaun Watson obviously gave handed your Steelers a victory with the three turnovers and the two defensive touchdowns in I think it was week two. PJ Walker with three turnovers, DTR with three turnovers. Now they're down to Flacco. He usually also, likes it when people hand him stuff, right? Hand him stuff. Huh. The, uh, hand, the you know Flacco. I mean money. That's all I'm talking about. Everybody. Two hundred thirty million guaranteed. Clean it up. Uh, you know, so so Deshaun, like, okay, we'll take the PR hit because he's awesome. He stinks. He's not a good quarterback. Mayfield. Had they just stuck with Baker, I would argue twelve and three maybe 13 and two. I mean, look at their losses. Like it is, they're in those games despite wretched quarterback play, like 
Flacco's three picks last week in a win over the Bears. But but Baker, so Baker's number nine overall in um, quarterback rating. Below him, number one overall draft pick, Matthew Stafford. Number one overall draft pick, Joe Burrow. Number one overall draft pick, Trevor Lawrence at 18th overall, who he plays this weekend. Number one overall draft pick, Kyler Murray, he's he's ahead of four number one overall draft picks. And, and the narrative is the Browns blew it with this number one overall draft pick. Not necessarily. And if they had that number one overall draft pick, they would be the number one seed in the AFC, definitely. Instead, they gave $230 million to a not very good guy who's a not very good quarterback. And of course, your heart breaks for Browns fans who are not responsible for any of that. But that misery will continue because Miles Garrett can't do anything about the quarterback problem. Baker Mayfield could have done something about it, but he plays for the Bucs now. And and I think no, Miles Garrett could concuss whatever quarterback he wants with that QB's helmet. He would just okay, knock him out enough, and then the next enough, option in, in up. A, in a week where Mason Rudolph is uh, taking the reins for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, and I, it's funny, even when he was – I don't know, like you look at, I went and looked at his numbers. Like Mayfield had a really good, you know, solid rookie season, like solid 27 TDs, 14 picks. And then by 2020, he has an excellent season. And, and it, as if the aforementioned yes. Richard Higgins doesn't fumble at the pylon, they beat the chiefs in KC. You talk about the, the NFL, you know, if Baker Mayfield, if, if the Browns win that game, you know, I, I don't think Baker Mayfield's playing in Tampa right now. Um, and and so it, it fell apart so fast. Well, wait, 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 wait. You're you are exactly right. You know, as Eddie Spaghetti can tell you, you and I are definitely parking our cars in the same garage here. And you just glossed over the most significant piece of evidence with his head coach with COVID in his Cleveland based basement, watching and trying to coach, I guess, from Ohio in Heinz Field. Baker Mayfield in a playoff game vanquished the Pittsburgh Steelers. And their response was after the shoulder injury and all of that was to move on from Baker Mayfield. That is the all time example. If signing Deshaun Watson for 230 guaranteed million dollars isn't the bronziest Browns move in history, it was letting the cat who finally did the impossible knocking off. The not rival, the bully Pittsburgh Steelers in their place in a playoff game. And the reaction was, yeah, let's move on. We can get better here is the Brownsiest Browns move of all time. I am absolutely with you. And consider this to to Browns fans are feeling good. Good for you. Enjoy it. Joe Flacco is a fun story and all that. Looks like you're going to sneak into the playoffs here. I don't know how far you can go, but either way. A fun thing. Every successful season doesn't have to end with a Super Bowl to make it worthwhile. But really, go back and think to your point, Hedge. If they don't move all those assets and give up all that loot for Deshaun Watson, how good this roster would be right now. Think about that team. They keep Baker Mayfield. Now understand, they're in the bake for something a little bit less than what they are paying out to Deshaun Watson, but it's a heavy deal, no doubt. But still... The draft picks alone would make that a better team, and there would be more bank available to acquire another essential piece or two along the way. And that's I'm the number you. one. They have the number one defense in the league, and they're going nowhere because they don't have a QB. By the way, they wouldn't be going very far if Deshaun was healthy either. He's not very good. It's funny yeah. we were talking about easier to root for him at least with Flacco in there. Deshaun and Baker are both twenty-eight. And Deshaun seems like an old 28 and Baker looks fresh. I mean, he does. Well, that I disagree with you on. Are you, I mean, look at these throws. Look at these throws to Godwin and Evans. I mean, like he's his, his arm talent looks fresh. I mean, he's, he's making all the throws. Anyway, I'm sold. He looks like one of the two detectives that are the rivals of the hero detectives in the detective movie. You know, like Baker Mayfield looks fresh, looks like a villain. His his sitting face is unlikable unless you are a fan of his his team. Okay, I'm just letting you know what the score is, friend. Okay, I I let we we agree for the most part. It's crazy. And 
Good for uh, for Tampa. I'll tell you, that is the you Ravens defense ugly. being infinitely better than. And that's that? I didn't think that was Jermaine. You think he's unattractive? I, I mean, weird. you called him fresh looking. I don't even know what that means. He doesn't look athletically fresh. fresh. Oh, all right. Well, just athletic. Okay. Looks like a little fella to me is what he looks like to me, but, uh, but he's very good. And, uh, you know, kudos. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Let me ask you a question, Eddie Spaghetti. Why should you bet with Caesar Sportsbook? Ah, before you answer, two words, Caesar's rewards. Those are the two words. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. I'm talking about hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, even more than just that. It's not only an app, it's an empire. 21 plus must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited know when to stop before you start gambling problem illinois maryland new jersey ohio tennessee virginia west virginia pennsylvania affiliated with harris philadelphia if you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or maryland visit mdgamblinghelp.org or west virginia visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP colorado dc nevada wyoming kansas affiliated with kansas cross and casino call 1-800-522-4700 indiana call 1-800-9-WITH-IT i Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Well, does Spaghetti want to do his good goat and then we'll go bad? Oh, okay. That's fun. Go ahead, Spaghetti. Uh, yeah, I was going to try to hop in before on the, the Brock Purdy conversation because he is my my good goat. Um, you know, Sheck, me and you were talking about it on Twitter, like the MVP race and is it Lamar or whatever. Um, and, you know, for a large portion of the season, it was basically like, is it Dag, is it Purdy, Lamar, whatever. And when you when you like look at the word value, obviously, like I said, I think it has to be either CMC uh, Cedar Stroud, just because of where the Texans were and what they are now with him, uh, or Tyree Kill. If Tyree Kill eclipses 2,000 yards, it's crazy to me that a guy can have a record breaking season and then still not even be considered for the award. So it's usually the award now is just a really good quarterback on a, on a very good team. Um, Don't you think it's weird to interrupt you to say that that Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, is now being celebrated, but the first round pick, Tua, is not? It's like, well, he's just, he's just, you know, benefiting from circumstance, but Brock Purdy, now that guy, if you don't get it with Brock Purdy, you don't get football, but two is like, yeah, he just happens to be there. And a lot of QBs would be doing the same thing. 
Isn't that kind of weird? Anyway, continue. Well, yeah, but then like what Hendricks was saying before, like I saw I was looking into Purdy and seeing that he's leading the league with 29 touchdown passes, only has seven interceptions, a quarterback rating of 119, uh, almost a 70% completion percentage, like and then yards per attempt, 9.9, almost a double digit yards per attempt, which is crazy. And he's only losing to two in yards. Uh, he's at 3,700, almost at 3,800 yards passing. And the real like clincher to me, or, you know, I guess this is good on the, on the 49ers for like a, the deal of a century is like a, a tweet's been going viral that I saw that Arch Manning made $3.2 million in NIL money at Texas this year, just being a backup, mm. only played a few snaps um, in their blowout win uh, a couple weeks ago. But Brock Purdy, you know, number one seed Niners, odds favorite to win MVP, is uh, making 870000 for this uh, football season in 2023, which is obviously still a lot of money. I would love to have that paycheck, but in, in terms of NFL salaries, like he's in the super, super low end there. Um, and it is funny that like, you know, Will Brinson on Monday said like, you know, the, the 49ers want to pat themselves on their back, but they did let him go, you know, seven rounds without taking him. So they, they do look smart drafting him and playing him, whatever. But my main point of why he is my good goat is obviously outside of like the bang for your buck with the money and then leading the NFL in most categories, once his name was put into this NFL MVP discussion, it's like, and we're not guilty of this, but like other media outlets and people love to say like, you know, system quarterback, put anyone else there. He's fine. It's like, well, then why is he beating all these other quarterbacks in every single stat? And it's like, I don't think that if you put, you know, player X on this team, they would be exactly where they are with him. And I, I don't understand why we have to take away from a guy instead of just being like, yeah, he's having a good season. Like if Lamar Jackson wins, wins the MVP, we're not going to go back and be like, Oh, that fantastic Lamar 2023 season. Whereas I feel like if Brock Purdy does win it, and again, I would vote I'm in the CMC camp. I'm in the Tyree kill camp. But if, if Brock Purdy does win it, I will be like, Oh yeah, that's great. Mr. Irrelevant who had uh, insane stats all year long and was the number one seed like that to me, at least makes a little bit more sense. I just don't understand why we have to skew to the negative and kind of, you know, uh, uh, crush this guy for going above and beyond when he was never even supposed to be close to where he is right now in the league. He was not supposed to be a starting quarterback for the best team in the NFL. He was supposed to be probably a career backup if he was lucky to get off the practice squad. Um, so I, I have to give him my good go because he's just gone above and beyond and seeing that college players who are backup quarterbacks make a lot more money than he does um, to me. Is, well, then how about, how about the other goat? How about to marry this up within at the other end of the spectrum, not goat greatest of all time, but the goat is, all the scouts. This is machine 365 trying to evaluate the college, uh, the college kids and who projects to be an NFL QB. How did this happen in 2023? Didn't we have Tom Brady a quarter century ago? I mean, that was a different time. The obsession with football and the transition from college to the NFL in the quarterback league and the importance of the quarterback has only heightened in the last 20 some years. How did another guy slip through the cracks like this? It's insane. And, and the thing is, I mean, obviously Brock Purdy, you know, like Trey Lance, not a lot of game film. Brock Purdy, ton of game <laughs> so film. At, for a ton of game film at Iowa State. Um, you know, Jake Browning won 39 games at Washington. You know, it is wild that that the still, I mean, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a piece about it, that it's still a complete crapshoot that nobody has figured out, do these throws translate? And one thing I would say, piggybacking on what Spaghetti said, it's like, okay, there's the system, but look at the throws. I mean, look at the throws Purdy's making. Like that, that time he dropped into Debo, uh, you know, on a deep ball. Like these are not, I mean, yes, He'll, you know, he'll he'll hit C-Mac in the flat and 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 McCaffrey will make a 40-yard a gain out of it. But a lot of these timing throws are medium to deep throws that are on the money. Like he's throwing guys open. It, it is crazy. And surgery on his moneymaker. Like, I don't like, I'm like, wow, how nerve-wracking. We're we're going well, into the arm. <laughs> It's so it, it it it's spot on, and it kind of is like is it Prince Valiant who pulled the sword out of the stone? Is that who it was? It's like it doesn't make any sense. It's Lord of the Rings. It's the it's the little guys being the most important 
um, figures in in destroying the ring and all that. It doesn't it make King, sense, but it's it just King, like the the isn't it the King form. Arthur? Isn't it King Arthur? King Arthur, though. Who's Prince Valiant then? That comic, the cartoon. King That's Arthur that. removes the sword from the stone. That sounds right to me. I don't know what. Yeah. I'm not steeped in medieval Excalibur, right? Anymore. Yeah. Oh, look, Eddie Spaghetti jumping in now. All of a sudden, he's a, he's a big whiz about uh, all things medieval. Um, go listen to Led Zeppelin, the two of you, and, and leave me alone. I'm just trying to make a point here. Here's what is confounding, is that we like to, people like to look smart, and they point back and like, guy has the traits, just because he's not 6'4", with a rocket of a right arm and all that kind of stuff. Is I, They try to look back and correct themselves. But the thing that, makes no sense is if you could say like we should have seen he had winner written all over him except that if you watch tom brady at michigan or brock purdy at iowa state they weren't it, brock purdy made i made the cyclones along with Brees all way better than they had been but it's not like they were you know contending for a national title or anything like that so it wouldn't be there's nothing about their college tape that you would look at and be like this guy's a winner like he he transcends um stature and and statistic he, he's something more than that look you would not be able to know that about brady or at this point brock purdy right well there i mean arm talent is a real thing obviously uh but the the intangibles as real like i don't know like just you know but i mean the intangibles can be a can be tangible by pointing it like i don't know what it is but that guy wins wherever he goes that wasn't true of Tom Brady. He didn't even play very much at Michigan. And Brock Purdy was good, but, you know, ultimately wasn't, you know, getting his team to the final well, four. Ryan like Leaf that. was a winner at Washington State. Weird. Arm. Like, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's like I, we can make fun of them because they get it wrong so much, but uh, uh, obviously we would whiff a lot too. It's just, it's sort of weirdly unknowable. All right. My bad. Okay. I know we have to go on. I, we know we have to go on, but I have to do this. Because I was so happy. I love on the 15-minute pregame show that we do every week for you. We appreciate you watching it. Spread the good word. I keep saying it, and I don't know what isn't breaking through. Leave us a comment on YouTube or on Twitter. Please react to it, like it, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I know it's pathetic for me to ask, but I keep asking. Do it now. That was, yeah, I wasn't asking. You were berating I was, was, I was demanding. Was not, uh, I, 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 I've, I've requested and then gone back and demanded it and I'm doing it here. Uh, um, all right. But yeah, I, I give you, I give you my trivia question and I was lamenting the fact, and it's a bad goat that I go in on there. You can go and watch that, but I can't stand these NFC North teams playing under a dome, giving up their home field advantage and all that. And then it led me to the NFC central 1980 Here's the trivia question, Hench. And we're going to go back and forth here. First, Spaghetti goes, and then Hench goes. The five starting quarterbacks in the NFC Central in 1980. Let's see if Spaghetti can name one first. Any of the NFC Central quarterbacks. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the cheat code here, Spaghetti. That's the Bears, the Packers, the Lions, the Vikings, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 1980 and she i mean uh was jim mcmahon quarterbacking 80 or not yet ah. okay well that's enough of tommy that. he kramer. was quarterbacking byu i was tommy negative Cram 12 tommy years kramer. old tommy kramer very good tommy kramer the minnesota vikings quarterback anyone else you want to try see how far uh, you can get here 1980 i'll go uh doug williams for the bucks very nice all right two okay. down now I uh, will go. Bears is the trickiest. I I'm would avoid say, that. I'm going to say. Uh, I'm just going to go with the first name, Eric, for the Lions. <laughs> You're looking for Eric Kippel. Gary Danielson is the oh, correct answer Danielson. there. Okay. No, I was going Eric so I could get credit for Kramer or Hippel. Oh, uh, you're, you're, you're 10 years premature. Ten, on Eric okay. Kramer all right. Gary Lions. Danielson uh, made an all pro team. I should have got that. Um, and then Lynn Dickey. Very nice. Yes. Lynn Dickey okay. for the pack. Okay. And then the bears are the tough one. Blue, that, not that Bob Avellini. That, that must, that's what I was going to say. It must mean it's not Bob Avellini. Um, two answers are correct here. 
Two answers are correct. 1980. Not Steve Fuller. Nope. Wasn't there yet. He was still in KC. uh, Not Vince Evans. Yes, Vince Evans. Oh, all right. All right. More starts than the other guy, Mike Phipps. Oh, my goodness. I Uh, love it, Spaghetti. You tell me, though. Former young man who's like, let's see, you just did it there. And you say, like, I, I like things that predate me. But then you said, like, I was minus 12 years old. Why would I know that? Is that bad well, to ask a trivia question like that on this show? Is that a no? It's that I mean, I, Doug Williams. Doug Williams. I should have guessed. Uh, I'm aware of him and Gary Danielson, obviously, but I know him more for being the college football announcer who uh, every uh, SEC fan thinks he hates their team because they think he roots for Alabama only. So I, I knew that as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I don't spend a lot of time with uh, with sports trivia. I don't. I don't. Okay, I'm just. That's what I'm asking you. You don't like yeah. trivia and you don't like, I like trivia, not 40 trivia. years ago. So do you, so do you like, uh, uh, I'm just a weird, I'm a weird bird where I just don't do like, but you're I work the in sports. I work in sports. I do not consume sports stuff outside of like games. Really. I'm, I'm everything else. But you understand that you represent the audience. And so if you say that stinks, don't do that. Then I would be like, Oh, I guess he knows he's got probably taking no, the there's, temperature. There's probably people who care more about the trivia than I do. People who don't work in sports probably like trivia more. How much time every, have we? Every Gary Danielson fan is out of their minds right now. <laughs> I gotta say, you and guys, Eric Kimball fans Eric are Kimple. are vexed once again that Eric their Kimple. guy wasn't starting. Uh, I, I almost. When was Jeff Comlo cubing the Lions? Jeff Comlo. Isn't that his name? I don't um, know. I remember uh, Greg Landry in there a little so, bit, and so, they had uh, Chaz Batch. You were you guys like when we started the other podcast. The dog walkers came and took my dogs. It is now apocalyptically it, the rain. It's a monsoon here in in the San Fernando Valley. Could have been you, lions and Vikings. Instead, you're hiding under your dumb dome. Cowards. My dogs are on Noah's Ark. This is insane. Anyway, um, all right. My bad goat. This is like now. Of course, like your 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 Clay Travis. Uh, monsters are going to are going to drag Rashard Mendenhall uh because because Clay Travis never misses an opportunity to be kind of racist but anyway uh fair enough Rashard Mendenhall brought up the race thing I'm doing it not so much on race but because I just know Sheck does not want to talk about Rashard Mendenhall that's why I'm bringing it up my bad goat is Rashard Mendenhall um so two things one if I say I'm sick of Doris Kearns Goodwin and Barbara Tuckman and Michael Beschloss talking about U.S. history and to show them that I know more about it, I challenge them to an arm wrestle. Like what? I don't understand this point <laughs> of like, how did Richard Mendenhall get from like, I'm so sick of white guys talking about football that we should have the Pro Bowl be a race war. What, well, what does that prove? Like that Mina Kimes doesn't know anything about football? Like what is your point, Richard? But what it really gives us an opportunity is to ask Sheck um, four questions. Okay. When Richard Mendenhall fumbles in the fourth quarter to cost your Steelers a Super Bowl, who wins MVP of that game? I think if... The Steelers win is what no, you're no, asking no. me. No, no, I'm asking actually actually asking you who won MVP of that game. Rodgers. Okay. Who had nine catches for 140 yards? It was Jordy Nelson or Donald. Correct. Driver? Correct. Okay. Correct. Who separated Rashard Mendenhall from the ball on the fumble that cost the Steelers the Super Bowl? Clay Matthews. What color are those three guys? <laughs> we're sure he's got an axe to grind we're, is what we're you're Mendenhall, you're the you're the one guy who should not invoke this particular uh angle uh, uh on your rage like yeah i lost to aaron Rodgers, jordy nelson and clay matthews now let's have a a, a pro bowl divided by race anyway so so obviously that was just fun <laughs> for me to make Sheck relive what probably your your worst super bowl memory right 
Yeah, well, it's more the ones that the Steelers could have and perhaps should have gotten to that they didn't. And both of those, the the best examples of those are the two that the Patriots in this millennium knocked off Pittsburgh, favored in both situations, and the Patriots ended up getting there. Yeah, it's uh yeah, that was a bad one. And talk about your NFL kind of stuff. The way and everything we talk about is, you know so much is based around the narrative and the perception that we create in our head. And Chris Long was great on that, getting a lot of news for that, that context matters in football. And we talk about that all the time on this show. Um, But where Ben Roethlisberger would rank among all-time quarterbacks, if Mendenhall doesn't fumble that ball, assuming the Steelers do take the lead and hold on to it, let's say they do. I mean, Roethlisberger would have had three Lombardi's in the span of five years, something like five or six years like that, he would be at that point then, like he would have ascended at that point, it would be, you got Brady, Montana, and Roethlisberger, and that would be the list. That would that would be like circa 2012, that would be conventional wisdom that, oh, well, obviously Roethlisberger, he's just a winner. He's a different kind of cat than Brady or Montana, but that's who, that's where he is. So yeah, that one- But he'd still be ranked, sick. he'd still be ranked roughly where he is as a human being, right? I think so. Yeah, think yeah. So. Fair enough. So, um, so uh, I, I love I love Patriots fan. Oh, Patriots fans. Are you just like Richard Mendenhall? Are you sure you're the guy to try to make this case? You, the Patriots fan, want to tell me you want to moralize with me? You're a well, Patriots fan. I'm not fan. saying I'm not going like, hey, man, you want me to take off if, the Patriots? Uh, like if Welker doesn't drop that. Ball, you guys went and got Antonio Brown. Yeah on purpose, knowing who he was at that point. Right. At least the Steelers well, had an excuse. That's the tip of the iceberg. I don't Walker want to turn things dark ball, in this holiday season. Aaron Hernandez would be a top 10 oh. all-time tight end if Welker doesn't drop that ball. <laughs> that's, that's a good, that's apples at the apples comp. Good one there. I like that one. Hey, by the way, I forgot to mention on the good goat, uh, what about Dave Damashek? How about if you follow Minus 3 Pod on uh, on social media, you may notice some some really uh, attractive some some dapper uh, graphics coming out of late. You know who makes those? Dave Damashek. You oh, have you nice. noticed those? Have you I, noticed I, when uh, I put up the I, nice little I, graphics with the odds and everything? You make those? I make those. I make those with Good my own Lord. mitts, with my with, with with my own blood, sweat, and tears. What if uh, what if Neil deGrasse Tyson like had a problem with one of Stephen Hawking's? physics formulas and then challenged him to a fight that that's basically what Richard Mendenhall is doing like hey you average white like like hench and spaghetti don't know what you're talking about let's make the pro bowl a race war what I don't know how he got I'm still not clear how he made it I wish that Richard Mendenhall had a podcast that he could have Aaron Rodgers on or Aaron Rodgers had one that he could have. That would be a dynamite conversation. Can you imagine those two with the lunacy and the conspiracy theories? Oh, it'd be terrific. Aaron Rodgers got that MVP from the Super Bowl. Mendenhall handed to them. Yeah. But but when I was researching to make sure it was Clay Matthews who, who, who forced the fumble, there's also... Mendenhall also had a whole thing of how that fumble wasn't his fault. Basically blaming the <laughs> offensive line. Oh, that one. What a stunk. delight. What Boy, a delight. did that one stink. I didn't care for that Super Bowl. And I did everything I could. I took my terrible towel, my personal terrible towel. And on game day, I put it on the Packers logo in the end zone. That's as much as I can do. You know, what more could I have done? I don't know what. Um, anyway, okay. Yeah, I make those graphics, by the way, and I did float the question, are both the Edmonton Oilers and Pittsburgh Penguins going to miss the playoffs? We don't have time to talk about hockey here, but I did float that one. Get back to us on social media there. Boy, the Oilers are in some real trouble. They're seven points out of a wild card right now. I know there's a ways to go yet in the season, but, you know, maybe they catch the Blues, but... It ain't looking good for Edmonton as well as Connor McJesus has played in the last month or so. Anyway, Spaghetti, any more uh, goats you want to throw out here? Yeah, my bad goat, um, kind of in the same vein. 
uh, as, as Hench, but a different player kind of complaining about the media. Um, Micah Parsons has his own podcast where he went on after the loss of the Bills and said that just basically like the former NFL players in the media um, are just looking for them to, it, he said it's sick because they're looking for them to lose, they're looking for them to fail so they can kind of rip into them. And to me, it's also ironic that like Micah Parsons has a podcast saying this on a podcast. So like the guy's clearly in touch with the media. It's fine. If the, if the Cowboys beat the Eagles, it's fine. If the Cowboys beat the Seahawks uh, on national televised games and you can give them all the praise, but the minute they lose uh, to another good team, if they criticize what went wrong in that game, they're not allowed to do that. I, I have no issue with Micah Parsons, but I don't understand that week in week out. He's some, like he's complained about the criticism he's received. I believe Shaq even brought this up uh, weeks ago, but it's like, I don't, like so you can only get positive praise and not negative praise and it's not even like the game fell on the shoulders of you parsons like the game seemed like it was just dak who was not figuring stuff out um like i don't i don't get what his goal is here like does he want to police the media to just be like you can only say positive things and i get it i get that the cowboys are probably talking about more than any other nfl team um but you know parsons you're a guy that you're probably unanimously like the best pass rusher in the league maybe people would say like you you get plenty of praise i think people are kind of buying into the cowboys more so this year than most i know we we know hench is big on the cowboys this year like we've talked about them in a positive light i think kind of people were kind of saying that they can win the division over the eagles and like you lost a game so you're supposed to take it on the chin because that's what happens when you lose and it's a long nfl season it's not you know over for you guys so i just i don't i want to just understand like this um mentality it's a paradox it is owed largely to social media now hedging in on traditional um fame and all that kind of stuff most of the time you get backslaps if you're micah parsons walking around dallas do you think people are coming up to him and saying like you could have been better last sunday fella all he hears is praise and you're the greatest and you're my favorite and anecdotes about i went to see you at the stadium and all that kind of stuff now this thing of like, so so you're celebrated and you feel great about yourself, but now social media, as I said at the top um, of this episode, there everybody has the ability to at least feel like I can hurt your feelings. You have 2 million followers and are loved by millions of people um, in the sports world. I can hurt your feelings by saying this. And you do see, sometimes it does break through. I love, so I, weirdly, I'm the most delicate flower in the world. And yet social media tickles me. I love when people come at me on social media for whatever reason, because I can feel that, that it's sort of like a bit, it's a lark. They're trolling you trying to do that, but it must be so foreign for somebody like Micah Parsons to hear from some schnook on social media that you suck and everything else. They don't like that. And then they don't like ex players. They want to control the conversation. That's what an outsized ego owed to outsized success in your chosen field provides for you. And now people are pushing back on you. You're not controlling the argument to the extent that you are, even though the Cowboys in the NFL are literally trying to make you the face of the game and doing photo shoots and promotions and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's weird that there are people out there in this world, bad mouthing you. It's a real trip. Hench, how do you make sense? Well, of this? it's, it is crazy that the, the toughest people on the planet are the most thin skinned. Like, you know, you, you, how long would it take me to cause pain on Micah Parsons? Like I could just punch him in the stomach as hard as I could for an hour. Yeah, But people threaten their lives and it's crazy. Like it's it's insane to do that. He wouldn't notice. But to, to his point about like the media can't wait to jump on us. It's like a newsflash, Micah, you should want that. Like as a Patriot fan, obviously I know everyone's waiting for the fall and they're going to delight in the fall and you know that that it, that it's over obviously Dallas hasn't begun that journey yet they haven't won anything but you know Michael win two super bowls and then see how excited people are when you lose like you, you what you don't want is to be in irrelevance hey you know the the, the cowboys are 7 and 7 again like that's that no one's going to root if people are rooting for you to lose it's because you're winning and that's a good thing. It is, I don't know, this hypersensitivity is so wild. Um, you know, everyone's is so delicate, even the toughest people in the world. Uh, you can't criticize them. You can't say like, you can't just say facts. Like, 
Dak had fewer than 100 passing yards heading into the fourth quarter. Yeah, like, that's right. Hey, Everything feels like, oh, that's low. You know, apparently you're right. Like, yeah, it's like, yes, I'm not insulting you. I'm I'm, I'm showing you a picture of yourself. But then I also get, like I just said, then these guys, you, you, you hear almost every week now that like he got death threats after dropping that yeah. ball well, from, from the like, that that kind of like just, well that colors the way bonkers. you think about about how the people are coming at you if some percentage of people are threatening your life obviously that's that's a bonkers post 2016 way that our country communicates now it's like okay a judge made a ruling you didn't like well guess i got to threaten her life that's america <laughs> now like it's it's insane <laughs> and by the way like uh, more, I know they do arrest these guys every once in a while, you know, but like, yeah, it can't be legal to threaten people's lives. So do some high profile, um, you know. Isn't that the answer? Right. Yeah, like is to you know, publicly like, shame hey, these people, the people who, who have fights in stadiums. If you're throwing hands and as I say all the time, it always ends with at least one butt crack. It always does. Like if you start to tussle with somebody at a stadium, remember the world may soon be looking at your pants pulled halfway down from behind. Is that what you want? I certainly don't. Um, but beyond that, these people, it's on videotape. Their faces are there. Why are, why aren't there public shamings every week that like, see this guy, remember him in the fight video that a million and a half people watch that guy's now in jail. He got arrested for punching that fan in the saints Jersey. I mean, like well, that, that's the answer. About, isn't it? I don't know. If, I don't know if it was Bo or Luke Duke, but one of the Dukes of hazard just, uh, yes, the president of the United States. I mean, I know it, it might not be that easy to find John Schneider, Schneider, given the state of his career, but, you know, I bet we can track him down. Like what you can't you stop, like, let's return to civil discourse. Uh, all right. Not a happy holiday message, but listen, let's make our bets here. I'll say one more good goat. It's Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass. Appreciate all the toil as we've transitioned through all the stuff we have this past calendar year here on this podcast. And it is ultimately just talking into a microphone about sports and such. So it ain't a heavy lift, but nevertheless, much appreciated for another great year of uh, of working together. And to Kevin Hench, I think the MVP of minus three this year, well beyond, well beyond any need to talk into a microphone. Now, perhaps his vanity or narcissism um, guides him to feel he needs to share his thoughts. I personally do kind of depend well, on his sports-based opinions I'm, to make sense I'm, of things here. If I'm muttering them to myself anyway. Right, may as TV, well. I might as well. May as well have Spaghetti hit the record button, but uh, really going out of his way to join us once a week here while he's busy making pages um, for big time celebrities and all that. He has many other things he could be doing with his time, but great thanks to you, Hench. Oh, I know the uh, the Chef Republic and the Minus 3 audience definitely appreciate your participation here uh, for an hour every week. So thanks for well, hanging with uh, us and, you know, and uh, making the show way better. It's my favorite hour of the week as as I tell my family who goes, why do you still do that? Well, Don't you hear the voice? We hear his voice coming through right. on the laptop. My, That's more my, than enough for us, Dad. Friends. All right. And now a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Three best bets. Go ahead. Uh, okay. One. Bill's 38 Chargers 10, under 40 Bolts fans in the stands. I mean, this is <laughs> what what is this game going to be like? There's no way a, a Chargers fan is going to go to that game. And that Bill's Mafia will travel, will show up. And, and Except that, that it's Christmas is the only thing that might save the Chargers from, uh, I mean, from a absolute shaming. But then again, maybe the stadium will be half empty. I'm with you. I, this would typically be a stay away. 
except for the fact that it's Easton Stick. You know, when you fire the coach, you do see these teams say like, oh, we can wash that stink off and go have fun for one week. But it's Easton Stick. I agree with that, but too, can I just say how funny it is? The same day, the Chargers, uh, the reports come out saying they're heavy, heavily interested in Jim Harbaugh is the same exact day as that Michigan gets more recruiting violations from the COVID year. It's just like this is working out perfectly for the Chargers. By the way, ain't that the answer? Hey, NCAA, if you don't if you don't want to have to answer questions about Michigan for the next two weeks, how about this? Be like, yeah, too much of a mess there in Ann Arbor. Florida State, you're in. <laughs> It'd be funny. <laughs> It'd be, be funny if they did that. It would be great. Um, uh, the other game I, I really like, Lamar Jackson's very upset by how big that line is. I, I think that, that the Niners, you know, Vegas is Vegas likes the Niners and they're right. Uh the the Ravens, who I like to come out come out of the AFC, but the 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 Mark Andrews thing likely has been playing great, but like it's got to hurt to not have Mark Andrews. Now Keaton Mitchell is is really looking like a difference maker, so much so that I was going to start him this week against Simmons in our fantasy semi, and then you know he turns the corner and his knee explodes. These injuries are adding up for the Ravens. The the Niners are so healthy, and I think that adds up to to at least a seven-point win for the Niners against the Ravens. And then my third good bet, okay, this is the part I wish we we understood better, but, like, NBA teams go on the road, and, like, when they get to certain cities, they have certain things they want to do in certain cities. Some cities are more fun to go to, Miami, Atlanta, than other cities, but the Celtics are in L.A. and will have been in L.A., for a few days when they tip off at 1230 against the Clippers on Saturday. This seems like such a trap for the Celtics. Like you're, 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 you've got a little West coast, East coast jet lag. You're tipping off at 1230. When did you get in from the club last night? I think the Clippers in checker season, there are no clocks. You can drink and stay up as late or as early as you want. Yeah, that's going to get the Celtics playing great. Uh, That that one feels like a loss for my for my mighty Celtics. I like that. That's a fun one. I'm going to go, even though you're not going to hear this before. So we'll just pretend like the game has already happened and I'll look really smart. The um, the Rams. Laying four at the time of this recording. The Saints are playing for something. Obviously, that stadium isn't foreign to Derek Carr. It's too murky for me. I'm not picking the Saints or the Rams. I'm picking the Saints and the Rams, specifically Kyron Williams and Alvin Kamara to go over their respective rush totals. 88 and a half and 51 and a half, I believe, the payout if you uh, parlay them together, plus 300. Ooh. I think both guys running well, neither defense doing great against the run. I think that's a fun bet. Spaghetti. Um, I said this on the pregame show, and I don't like to give NFL bets here, but again, look at that Jaguars game versus the Bucks. Talk uh, about the Bucks a lot this episode. Uh, Trevor Lawrence did not practice today on a Thursday, still in the concussion protocol, not a good mm. sign for the Jags. So just look at that game. Um, not a lot of college football games left to bet on, but Bowl season, some okay bowl games are coming around. Uh, one game probably worth watching just because Utah is very good. The Utes are taking on Northwestern um, in Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, um, only giving six points. I definitely think the Utes will win this game by a touchdown at the very least. Uh, look at the, the schedule. Utah has some good quality wins this year. Northwestern, fine season, seven wins. But every time they played a good team from their conference, they lost that game. And Utah is just simply a better roster. Um, so I like Utah to win that game by a touchdown. Plus, uh, if you want a home field advantage, there'll definitely be more Utes fans there. All the Mormons coming in from Utah to Vegas. That's definitely going to happen. And I think um, I've been saying this all year long. Tomorrow, no, there's no, um, or Saturday rather, there's no number on it yet. But the San Jose Sharks are on the road to Vancouver. Two teams with basically the opposite records. Nine wins for the Sharks, nine losses for the Canucks. Um, you know what to do. Lay the goal and a half for the, the Canucks there, even if it's the two and a half, whatever it is. The Sharks still not a very good team. Keep betting against them. Keep winning money. So those are my best bets. Hey, hey All right, well done. Spaghetti. I'm going to say, a, go uh, ahead there, Hank. I, I, I'm going to just ask Spaghetti. Uh, I'm assuming we're over an hour on this pod. Are we? Uh, about by, actually, yeah, about 30 seconds, but yeah. 
Nice. Uh, that's my yeah. internal clock. You know, Brady had the clock in his head when he was about to get sacked. I have a clock in my head when we've been on for over an hour. How about this? When we go over an hour, Sheck's sign-off has to be, it's been a thick slice of heaven. Okay. 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 Right. I'll sign off on that. I'm going to throw one more in to make sure we're past the 60-minute uh, mark here. Penguins hosting the Canes today. Did I get you right, Spaghetti, that uh, you're picking the Canes to win the Cup still? Was that your cute no. little no, comment just, on social media by mentioning the Hartford Whalers as your pick to win it? I said the Whalers because they no longer exist, and I refuse to bet. I think the Rangers are the best team, but I refuse to say the Rangers are going to win the Cup. They so are I the just, best team. I, I know. Well, listen, around. I don't know if it makes you uncomfortable to hear it, but they are. And, yeah, and Whalers. bet on them now. Bet, bet like $10,000 on them. No, no, no. Whalers, Nordiques, the Seals, North Stars, all those teams come in the cup this year. So you reacted to one of my famous graphics. I made it look old school. I made it look like it was still the Wales Conference, and that tripped you up. Anyway, mm-hmm. Valtteri Pustinen, at least in the early returns, playing a little bit of savior there for these Penguins who desperately need some youth to help out. Pusty gets a goal. Plus 330 is first in the NHL. That's a fun bet to make there as well. And with that, that's a wrap. Like I say, listen on Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, or find it on uh, Twitter and or YouTube on the Extra Points channel. It's the 15-minute pregame show to get you right for week 16. Nice and easy breezy so you can spend time drinking eggnog and talking to your family instead of watching dumb pregame shows that are inessential. Once again, thanks to you, Kevin Hench, you, Eddie Spaghetti, and you, the audience, for another great year here on Minus 3. We have one more episode to go. We'll do that next week, actually two, because we'll give you the 15 minutes, but also our one last proper episode in which I will hand out some Shecky Awards, the 37th annual Shecky Awards, Best Fruit and Beyond. We'll do that in a week. Meantime, enjoy the holidays, enjoy the family, enjoy your friends, enjoy the booze, and enjoy the football We'll talk to you in a few days. Until then, thanks so much. It's been a thick slice of heaven. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.